to the Kung Fu Dragon Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. The fate of the Song Empire is in the balance as a prince is held hostage by invading Jing forces. His patriotic countrymen plot a dangerous and daring escape plan, but will the Song leader be able to trust a mysterious stranger and work together to save the prince? Welcome to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vita, and we're throwing up the deuces with the Deadly Duo. The Deadly Duo is a 1971 wuxia film featuring Kung Fu Cinema's Iron Triangle of director Chang Che and actors David Chang and T. Lung, and these two did a lot of movies together after this one. Interestingly, the assistant director on this film was none other than Godfrey Ho, who winds up becoming the sort of Ed Wood of Kung Fu Cinema. And before we begin, I want to give a couple of shout-outs on Twitter to at HitsMcGee, at MikeGonzalez530, and on Instagram to Robot13, all of whom uh, correctly answered the last Name That Movie contest. And I want to give a shout-out to all my pod pals under the hashtag Family that help really promote one another on Twitter and get our little podcast noticed. This movie opens up with an intro placard that reads thus. At the end of the Song Dynasty, Jing troops invaded the northern part of China and kidnapped Emperors Wei and Qing. Prince Kong was held hostage. Prince Kong finally escaped and went south to found an empire as the first emperor of the southern Song Dynasty. This picture shows how Prince Kong was saved by many patriots and the selflessness of these valiant men. The movie starts in an open area where a mass execution is taking place. Nine prisoners are tied to stakes and their executioners are using various methods to end their lives. Some arrows, some spears, and so on. Now, the prisoners are tied to these stakes and they're flanked by a guard on either side, right next to them, really. These guards must really, really trust the aim of these executioners because several arrows fly from a long distance and all of them hit their marks dead center. Now, if I was one of those guards, I'm just saying that I'd probably want to put a little distance between me and the prisoner. Anyway, these executioners are signaled to start with a big cymbal crash, and you're going to want to keep your eye on that cymbal guy for a little bit. Meanwhile, on a hill overlooking the scene, we meet Tilong as he is rallying some Song patriots. He orders a divide-and-conquer strategy, and they all take off to go and try to save their fellow patriots. Fight scene. Before we get into the specifics of these battles, I need to point something out. When I'm prepping for the podcast, one of the ways that I prepare is by letting the movie just play on my iPhone and simply listen to the audio without watching it. It kind of helps me get the rhythm of the movie and helps me focus on the story instead of waiting for the big fight scenes. Now, typically, kung fu movies will push a high focus on the fight scenes because, after all, that's what we came to see, right? Well, this movie feels a little different. Not because there aren't a lot of fight scenes, because there are. But the focus isn't so tight and direct on the individuals involved in those fights, and not for lack of color or character either. This movie is jam-packed with action from beginning to end, but there's a clear choice by the director to not linger on any one fight or weapon, and instead kind of let the action complement the story. If anything, you find yourself wanting to see more of a particular set of combatants or fights or skills, but it really is treated secondarily to the story itself. 
The battle is fully joined as the Sung Patriots ride right into the execution area. We get a pretty epic fight with Ti Long working with a long-handled axe. He starts setting prisoners free and the opposing general casually decides that he probably should get up and respond to this most disagreeable action. Interestingly, he quickly consults with the band leader, the symbol guy, and the battle gets pretty frantic for a second until the general barks a command and the troops snap into a formation that surrounds the Sung Patriots. There's a cool wide shot of the field where we see that there are about a hundred actors in play. Ti Long is locked in combat with the general Wan Ting Gui as the battle rages on around them. The long axe doesn't look like it would be very effective as a melee weapon, but Ti Long handles it really deftly while the general opts for a bladed staff. Even though the Patriots look to be outnumbered, they're more than holding their own. And remember the leader of the band with that symbol? Well, as the battle gets started, he starts wielding those symbols like circular blades and brings it hard. During this big battle scene, there's a fight between him and a Patriot, and the Patriot has a spear, but amazingly, the actor makes the symbols look like they could actually be viable weapons, especially when he takes on two guys at once and guts them both. The numbers on both sides start to dwindle as bodies fall left and right. Ti Lung, meanwhile, and three others surround the general, and they seem to be closing in until Ti Lung has to break off of that fight to go help another Patriot fight the symbols guy. Now, there's a great jump scene for Ti Lung here because he essentially supermans it over to the symbol fight and they throw down. The big finale here happens in midair as the two combatants jump at each other and Ti Lung is the one who gets the better angle as he drags his axe blade down the symbol fighter's torso. When he sees that, the general realizes that the battle is lost and he gathers the remainder of his soldiers and beats a hasty retreat. It's a pyrrhic victory for the Patriots though as eight of the nine condemned are cut down in the battle. They decide it's best to not chase the general and as they're about to leave, a reinforcement of Mongols rise up over the mountainside and charges the camp. Meanwhile, the Jing general reports back to his masters to give him a rundown of what just happened. Wan Tiangui, you have been attacked. Yes, sir. Wan Tiangui, you failed your duty. <laughs> Not so. Of all the nine condemned men, all of them died except for one. Those men have left nine corpses. Most of their party need a burial. The Jing general assures the overlord that he has everything under control, especially now that they have Prince Kong in lockup. We catch up with the Sung Patriots as they've set up camp to debrief the one surviving member of the condemned prisoners. He catches the group up on how they got ambushed at the river when they were supposed to rendezvous with some riverboats. Fight scene. In this flashback, the Sung Patriots are being rowed to a location on the river by none other than Bolo Young. When the boats that they were supposed to meet are conspicuously absent, they ask their guide Bolo what's up. Those riverboats, where are they then? There are just a couple of rafts. Those stupid boatmen must have run away. Another patriot turns around and finally recognizes Bolo as the Water Dragon, and it's on. The Sung Patriots get attacked from an oncoming raft as well as from fighters beneath the water. They pop up and begin cutting down the Sung quickly. At one point, however, it looks like the Sung have turned the tables as the attackers all dive into the water, and we get some cool underwater photography as they dive down. The confused Sung keep looking on when blades appear out of the water and cut their raft apart, forcing them into the river. Those who can start to swim for the companion raft, but one patriot stays behind to take on the Jing who are swimming after them. He doesn't last long at all as the water dragon and the other fighters attack from beneath, giving him a slow motion freeze frame death. The surviving Sung find themselves walking into town along a forest path. There, another ambush overtakes them as blades protrude from trees stabbing anyone resting against them. Fight scene. 
This is another pretty epic battle with dozens of fighters going at it in a frenetic but far too short exchange of steel and wood. You meet some very intimidating looking warriors and the fight escalates immediately, but then almost as suddenly we are at an impressive freeze frame of two guys being thrown through the air because of a devastating sword slash that signals the end of the scene. The two men who were hiding in the ground and in the tree were Mole Man and Tree Man. With the Water Dragon, Fire Man, and with that Golden Mongol traitor of theirs, they must represent water, gold, wood, earth, fire. After IDing the elemental warriors, the lone survivor continues with his recap, telling how the seven Sung Patriots that survived the forest massacre made their way to a rendezvous point in an abandoned village, where they were again ambushed. Fight scene. The symbols guy gets some great screen time here, using his weapon to cut through dozens of Sung fighters. We're also very quickly introduced to the fireman, who has a projectile weapon that shoots incendiary fireballs, starting fires wherever they land. The fire collapses buildings around the Sung, cutting off potential escape routes and forcing the battle into close quarters. The Sung leader tangles with Symbols for a very brief moment, but Symbols takes him down really quickly and then proceeds to cut through the remaining men. Surrounded by flames on one side and steel on the other, the Sung have to stand down as the village burns around them. This catches us up to the beginning of the movie where everybody was in the execution arena waiting for their death. Are you afraid of what goes bump in the night? Have you or your friends ever pondered a conspiracy? Do you want to know more about the unknown? If so, then put on your tinfoil hat, sit down, and pick up your computer, tablet, or phone. Go to iTunes or YouTube and search for Secret Transmission Podcast and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Follow us on Twitter for updates on shows. At Secret Trans Pod. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Or you can email us suggestions at secrettransmission at hotmail.com. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at hotmail.com. Back at camp, the survivor continues to recount his tale and reveals that he has an important map to the location of the kidnapped Prince Kong. The map is etched on the survivor's back. Pretty damn lucky that he happened to be the one who survived the executions, if you ask me. The survivor explains the map's details and points out one unguarded path that leads directly to Prince Kong. However, the path requires crossing a death trap in the form of an old, dilapidated bridge. There's apparently only one man who has the skills necessary to cross that bridge, and thus begins the search for the shadow known as Yen Lu Run. Ti Lung takes on the task of seeking him out in a nearby town, while the other men decide to go check out the bridge on their own. In the meantime, the Qing general is holding court as they assess the damage of the Sung attack on their camp. While discussing the security of their hostage, Prince Kong, the general hypothesizes on the possibility of the Sung finding a man capable of negotiating that deadly bridge. One soldier in court mentions Yen Lu Ran as well and offers to recruit him to join their side. As the officer exits, the general takes the court outside to check on that bridge and he tosses a rock onto the boards causing an immediate collapse of part of the structure. That bridge is a death trap. Unless a man had absolutely no weight at all, any attempt will meet with failure <laughs> and certain death. Now we get an introduction to the dashing David Chang on horseback as he rides into town. He pays a visit to his shop searching for none other than Yen Lu Run himself. Upon hearing his name called, Yen Lu Run pushes an accomplice out of sight while he waits to be called on. He recognizes Chang's character as a former schoolmate, Chao Fu Tse, 
and the two chums retreat to a courtyard where Yen Lu Run does a quick test of Chao Fu Tse's reflexes. He tosses his outer robe at him, and Chao Fu Tse responds by leaping into the air and gliding backwards about 30 yards before landing and catching the thrown robe. Here, Chao Fu Tse reveals that their now deceased teacher charged him with the task of finding Yen Lu Run and keeping an eye on him since he had a penchant for getting into trouble. Teacher left me a message to pass on to you. Oh? So that's why you came all this way to see me then? Teacher said that his worst mistake was to teach you. After you left him, you became a thief. So teacher asked me to come here after his death to watch you. My job is to make sure you don't get in trouble and just stick to your business. At that moment, the shop receives visitors in the form of Sung Patriots. Chao Fu Tse receives them and turns them away, but Tilong's character, Bao Ting Tian, isn't having it. He swings his long axe towards Chao Fu Tse, but he deftly leaps into the air and bounces off of the flat of the axe mid-swing, then somersaults backwards and lands on his feet. Yen Lu Run interrupts the minor dust-up and invites Bao Ting Tian in to talk. Bao Ting Tian wastes no time and insists that Yen Lu Run come with him to help them save Prince Kong, when he notices someone hiding behind a screen. He kicks a chair up and through the screen to reveal the accomplice that Yen Lu Run was hiding earlier, who happens to be the Fire Elemental. Fight scene. Yen Lu Run, you are just the same. You're in with the Mongols. Yen Lu Run, the fireman, and another guy attack Bao Ting Tian and force him into a three-on-one battle in the courtyard. Out front, the Patriots have their hands full with the Jing soldiers, and Chao Fu Tse looks kind of like a dog without a home as the battle erupts around him. He watches as a guy with an axe buried in his neck dies in front of him, only to grab the axe and toss it to the besieged Bao Ting Tian so that he at least has a fighting chance. Now armed, Bao Ting Tian is better able to handle his attackers, and in the lobby the Sung and Jing are going at it hard, much to the delight of Chao Fu Tse who actually cracks a smile as the bloodshed unfolds around him. The Sung do manage to do away with the Qing very quickly and go to the courtyard to help their leader. The Mongol fireman breaks off from the main battle and launches two of his fire starters towards Bao Ting Tian, but seeing this, Chao Fu Tse leaps through the air and intercepts the fireballs, redirecting one into a pond and the other into the fireman's chest, where it explodes and engulfs the assassin. Now, for a guy who's supposed to watch Yen Lu run and keep him out of trouble, Chao Fu Tse does an awful lot of standing around and glowering while Yen Lu Run kills a few Sung Patriots. Bao Ting Tian erases the few remaining Jing invaders while Yen Lu Run unleashes a chained hook, killing off the last few Sung. He rips back on the chain and sends the hook towards Bao Ting Tian, who catches it with his axe blade. Now, Chao Fu Tse gets involved and breaks the deadly stalemate by releasing his chained hook and locking Yen Lu Run's in place. They pull their chains free and we get a moment of pure wuxia superpower as the Two fly through the air past each other while they reel in their chains. Chao Fu Tse is quicker on the draw, however, as he throws his hook towards Yen Lu Run and catches him square in the chest, killing him instantly. A confused Bao Ting Tian explains the situation to Chao Fu Tse and laments that he may have lost his only way to save Prince Kang. Chao Fu Tse smugly offers another solution. My men have found a way that's too risky. You will need a special man to get across. I came here for your colleague. There's no one better. Yet someone's a lot better man than he was. Who? <laughs> Me. Back at the bridge, the Sung who are with Bao Ting Tian are testing the span by simply walking over it without doing any actual research. 
The first guy to go across covers some decent ground until he hits a very delicate patch of wood and tumbles through, dashing himself on the rocks below. The group leader decides that the first guy didn't go fast enough, so he sprints across the bridge and meets the same grisly fate. And right about now, you'd think that with two of their colleagues turned into stains on the sides of the cliffs, the group would be like, hey, we tried, so let's go back and we'll figure out another way in the morning, right? Wrong. A third guy decides that he's going to give it a shot, even though the middle of the bridge is now missing. I'll do what I can. I'll try my luck. Though the middle's gone into the gulf, there's still a chance that I can do it. Yeah, no. He dies too. As Bao Ting Tian and Chao Fu Tse race across the countryside to get back to the bridge, the Jing General is busy setting up further traps for anyone who might try to rescue the prince. He installs the Mole Man and the Tree Man at the foot of the bridge as a last line of defense. Bao Ting Tian and Chao Fu Tse make it to the bridge where they're greeted by the three remaining patriots. The next day, they make their way to the bridge where they plan out their approach. After throwing his hook towards the rotten planks of the bridge, Chao Fu Tse's assessment is grim. <laughs> I know would have a hope in hell of crossing. Not even my classmate could have done it. A visibly frustrated Bao Ting Tian is champing at the bit to get across and is about to recklessly throw his life away when he's stopped by Chao Fu Tse. You just said nobody could cross over. I just said nobody had a hope in hell of crossing over. But isn't that the same? It could be the same. If you try to cross over, who said we couldn't try it under? Chafutsa throws his hook into the bridge supports where it sticks strongly. After asking for a rope, he leaps from the embankment, swings across the chasm via his hook chain, and lands on the first of the bridge's supports. Now this scene is rather unique for a Changche film. Remember when I mentioned how I usually just listen to the movie to gather the rhythm for myself? Well, when this scene started playing, I noticed that other than the sound of the wind and a few sound effects, this sequence is pretty silent. There's no dialogue at all. One of my listeners, Robot13, who by the way, it has an encyclopedic collection of movies and the knowledge to match, describes the power of this scene far better than I can. Take a listen. My favorite scene, the deadly duo, has to be where David Chang has to be trusted to help Tilong and the other heroes cross the dilapidated bridge to try and save the prince. They realize uh, that they need each other. Tilong doesn't know whether or not he can trust David Chang's character, and so he has to put all of his faith in him. And just the way that Chang Che put the scene together, it's just tense and really has you on the edge of your seat. And you don't know whether you can trust the other character until they go through that. And it's the really the glue that holds the whole thing together. The group uses the rope to essentially zip line across the chasm, supported by the hooks that Chafutsa sets into the bridge supports. As they get closer to the other side, the Mole Man and the Tree Man emerge from their hideouts and prepare to receive their visitors. The Mole Man strikes first, tossing a long spike towards Chao When he misses, he scrambles across the lower supports towards the group, but instead, he takes a chained hook to his side and is pulled into the chasm. Fight scene. That near silence is broken for good now as the waiting guards engage the Patriots. The Tree Man is taken out quickly, as are the rest of the guards, and only a barrage of arrows are enough to send the Sung into a quick retreat into the surrounding woods. While there, they plan their attack, but it's going to require someone willing to die. The survivor from the execution offers himself up as part of the subterfuge to rescue Prince Kang. The other two in the group were charged with going off to build a raft by the river. The plan calls for Bao Ting Tian to pretend to be a prisoner who is bound and brought to the prince by Cha Fu Tse. 
The gate guards are swayed and allow them in and bring them right to the general. The survivor, meanwhile, scales the gates and heads inside where he feigns outrage at Chao Futsa's treachery. He takes on the entire army in a show as he pretends to be trying to kill Chao Futsa. He takes several spears and blades to the body, and as he's dying, he makes one last play towards Chao Futsa, who has to complete the act and pushes Bao Ting Tian's axe into the survivor's chest himself. It's a brutal dog and pony show just to get the prince to buy Chao Futsa's story. Incredibly, the prince actually does buy it and brings the pair inside to meet the general, who can verify the identity of Bao Ting Tian. Once in the presence of the entire army, the final stage of the plan is revealed. Every day, whether you realize it or not, you're moved by the power of visual communication. And that's by design. At Tinbox Marketing Solutions, the goal of that design is to bring effective communication to a myriad of people through shape, color, texture, and sound. Tinbox is a creative services group located in Los Angeles, California, by way of New York City. Their clients include La Tigre, Konami, Pony Footwear, and comedian Jerry Seinfeld. For the bleeding edge in graphic design and print services, don't think outside the box. There is no box. TinboxSolutions.com Fight scene. Chao Futsu cuts Bouting Tian's binds loose and tosses him his axe, and together they take on the entire assembled army back to back. Using his chained hook, he kills the general and orders the prince to make his men stand down, even though he's taken a wound to the side. Holding the prince hostage, the duo make their way through the army and liberate Prince Kong and race on horseback to the river. Meanwhile, at the river, the water dragon and his troops make another appearance as they ambush the two Sung who have built the raft. Bolo and company make very quick work of the two Sung patriots, just in time for our duo to arrive. Bouting Tian rushes into battle and swings his axe like a madman, cutting through the Jing at will. Chafutsu, meanwhile, is bleeding profusely from his wound and is limited to standing guard over the prince. We get a final boss battle as Bouting Tian takes on the water dragon himself, but even here the battle is secondary to the action going on in the background, which in this case is the advancing Jing army. Chafutsu grabs Prince Kong and runs him to the end of the dock, ordering Bouting Tian to take the prince across the river while he holds off the army by himself. Final fight! The battle becomes a classic one versus hundreds wuxia battle while Chao Futsu desperately tries to make Bao Ting Tian leave with the prince. In one amazing sequence, Chao Futsu jumps up onto the dock railing and tosses his chained hook into a line of soldiers advancing on the prince. His hook pierces all seven or eight soldiers and he pulls them all into the river. Bao Ting Tian, meanwhile, gives in and begins rowing the prince away as Chao Futsu rushes back into the fray. He takes a bunch of arrows into his body and does everything he can to hold them off. When the prince is far enough away, Chafutsa takes one final stance and gives up the ghost. He dies, having sacrificed himself for the Sung Empire, and locked in one final heroic pose on the dock. Even the Jing prince has to admire his heroism and bravery. Such a cool ending. It's just as well the Sung don't have any more like this. Otherwise we would never be able to defeat them. Good job, good sir.
Starry Cycle by Jeff Summers, author of the Avery Kate series, has been called intricate with ink-black humor by RT Book Reviews, and heartbreaking, and soaked in blood and steeped in deadly power and desperation by Publishers Weekly. When blood fuels magic, there are mages, there are bleeders, and there are no good people. Learn the words, get the blood, and rule the world. Available everywhere from gallery books. Check out wearenotgoodpeople.com. David Chang and T. Lung were a very recognizable pair and continued to work together for a very long time after this. When their Shaw Brothers days ended, David Chang went on to become a very successful director in his own right, while T. Lung continues to act to this day. He showed up in John Woo's A Better Tomorrow and Jackie Chan's Drunken Master 2. Alright guys, that's going to do it for this episode. If you have time, guys, please take a moment to rate and review me on iTunes. It really does help. Otherwise, tweet me at Kung Fu Drive-In, Instagram me at Kung Fu Drive-In, Facebook me, Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, visit the blog at KungFuDriveIn.com, or email me, KungFuDriveIn at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who reaches out and sends me a note of encouragement. It's really awesome to hear from everybody. Until then, this is the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Take it easy. Peace.